When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I'm your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome to episode number 119 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am so happy for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We have a ton of stuff, ton of Patriots, a ton of football, a ton of playoffs, so many topics relating to the NFL as we wind down with week 18 of the NFL season. The playoffs are on the horizon. The Patriots are in. But just because they're in doesn't mean this week against the Dolphins is not important because as I alluded to on Monday, it is a very crucial game. The fate of your playoff seeding is not technically in your hands because you need other things to go your way in order for you to get the number one seed or even get the division. So we're going to break everything down in regards to the Patriots and Dolphins game. As always, we're going to predict scores from Week 18 on Saturday and Sunday, winners and losers. And we're also going to be looking at every single playoff scenario that is looming as we enter Week 18 because this and that can happen. If that happens, this is going to be the result. But if that other thing happens, then these two things won't happen. So there's so much. So much football to discuss, and that is why football and the playoffs are one of the best things in sports because of situations and scenarios like this. Just because we're approaching the final games of the season does not mean there is not a lot of drama going on. Before we talk about anything football-related, we will be talking about the Boston Celtics. Now, you guys know how I feel about the Celtics. If you've been listening whether it's been a long time or for a short time, you guys know exactly how I feel about this team. In case you are a brand new listener or have been listening for a short while, I am very disgusted with this team. I am very agitated with this team, upset. This team has so much potential and they are not capitalizing on said potential. I have gone times where I've been talking, ranting, and raving on how good the Celtics were. I've gone on stretches where I don't talk about the Celtics at all. And after last night's game against the New York Knicks where they blow a 25-point lead 
was it their fourth blown lead of at least 19 points this season, most in the NBA? I am going to be done talking about the Celtics. I've done it before. I've done it with the Red Sox. I'm going to rant about them for five or so minutes, so just bear with me. Brace the storm. And after that, I'm done. I am sick and tired of this team. Kind of good time because the playoffs are right on the horizon, so we're going to be talking about that just about every episode anyways. But, oh, my God, they are – oh, my God. <laughs> Where do I even begin? Jason Tatum had 36 points in 40 minutes, 6 rebounds, 9 assists. Fantastic performance. I'm not going to blame him for the loss. Jalen Brown, 16.7 rebounds, 1 assist in 34 minutes. And hold on, before I go any further, before I go any further, when Jason Tatum was in the health and safety protocols and Jalen Brown was the alpha dog on this team, a lot of people, a lot of people, whether it was on the radio, here at the shop, just having conversations, were saying to trade Tatum. Brown can do it himself. Brown was able to help you beat the Suns. Brown was able to help you do this and do that. He looks good. The team is kind of gelling without Tatum. This game right here, last night against the Knicks, is a prime example why you either need both of them or if you're going to trade one of them, it has to be Jalen Brown. I love Jalen Brown so much. I want Brown and Tatum to work out. A lot of people saying trade one, they can't do it together. We've seen it. And I respect that opinion because you do have a case. I just really think that Tatum and Brown have the potential to be that superstar duo. You know, homegrown, drafted, you know, raised up together pretty much but after last night's game where Tatum gives you 36 points and Jalen Brown gives you 16 and you lose by three to the Knicks after blowing a 25 point lead I just I can't get on board with the trading the Tatum I cannot get on board with that I think that's absolute blasphemy now I understand that Tatum Maybe a dog sometimes. He may only give you 75% and Brown will give you more than you know, 100%. That's fair. That's fair. But who is the much better or the more pure superstar? Tatum. It's clearly Tatum. Tatum countless times has put the team on his back. And they may not have won, which is a you know uh, a negative point against him. But he's given you 36 points in a game that you had a 25-point lead. It just, it makes no sense. People really need to dive into the Celtics to see that Tatum may or may not be the problem. Browner may or may not be the problem. But who's going to give you more at the end of the day, Tatum or Brown? Now, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and start trading one or the other, and I'm not going to be giving you trade proposals. I'm just saying, before you say, oh, they got to trade Tatum, oh, they got to trade Brown, look at the statistics. Who is putting the team in a better position to win, Tatum or Brown? Now, obviously, they can't do it by themselves if one was to go. Clearly, they can't do it together both here in Boston. So what can you do? Try to bring someone else in? Easier said than done. Could you trade one of them to help pair up a superstar with the other that you didn't trade? Easier said than done. But listen, when you have a 25-point lead against the New York Knicks, who have been underperforming this year, you need to close that game out you absolutely have to close that game out you are on a two-game losing streak right now you're four and six in your last 10 games we are 
39 games into the season. We are just about at the halfway point. What have I said from the beginning of the season? 20 to 25 games to see where the team really is. I gave them two extra games because they were on a West Coast road trip, and I wanted to see how they performed coming back home from said West Coast road trip. And it hasn't gotten any better. It has not gotten any better. This team is clearly evident of who they are. Now, could I've said this countless times. Could they turn it around? Absolutely. They're only two games out from the 7th seed, and they're sitting at the 11th seed right now. The thing that's killing them, besides those blown leads, those blown leads, excuse me, they can't win on the road. They are 7-13 and 13 on the road. Meanwhile, they're 11-8 and eight at home. Could the road record be, uh, the home record be better? Absolutely. But you know what? Hey, it's above 500, so I'll take it, all things considered. But 7-13 and 13 on the road? What are we doing? You lost last night to the Knicks. That was in New York. You played them again tomorrow, home and home series. You lost at home to the Spurs. A few nights ago on the 27th before the new year, you lost to the Timberwolves on the road. What are we doing? What are we doing losing to a team like that? On December 20th, you lost by 5 to the 76ers in a game you easily could have won. And I'm, I'm not going to go any further back because I don't want to look too far back. But you win games against the Suns at home by 15 points. You beat the Magic in overtime by 5. Cool. Shouldn't have to take it overtime to beat them. But hey, you got the win, right? Beggars can't be choosers. What are we doing? What is this Celtics team doing? Sorry, I just hit my desk. I'm getting really, really, I don't want to say physical, but I'm moving my hands a lot because, you know, I'm part Italian, so I speak with my hands. It just makes no sense on how the Celtics cannot close out games. They just literally cannot close out games. And, yes, I know, it's the NBA. It's very difficult to close out games. Sure. Ime Udoka even said, it's a lack of mental toughness. He says it in his post-game presser after the Celtics blown a 25-point lead. Lack of mental toughness. Where does that start? Does that start from within the locker room? With the players? Is that a coach's responsibility? Is that a Brad Stevens, you know, picking the players to be on the roster? Is that his responsibility? Now, everyone's mental toughness is different, right? Some players have ice in their veins. Some people crumble under pressure. I get it, okay? I have a background in mental health counseling, so I trust me, I understand the, the realm of mental toughness, the realm of everything mental. It's a very difficult space. And if this was a one-off, if this was the first blown lead of 20 points for the Celtics this season, hey, you know what? Fine. You, you, you were caught sleeping when you had a big lead. The Knicks, who have a lot of talent, were able to capitalize, and you lost. Okay, we'll move on. This is the fourth time. Like I said, if you were to lose one of them, whether it was the Knicks or another one, fine. But you win the other three? Now you're sitting 21-18. and 18. And you know where that puts you? Do you know where that puts you? Eighth in the playoff picture. 
puts you eighth. The other teams ahead of you had 17 losses, so you kind of get shoved down a little bit because it's losses is what they look at in the standings. Oh, my goodness. Mental toughness. Is that a Tatum thing? Is he not mentally tough enough? Is Brown not mentally tough enough? What about Smart? People have been criticizing him for years, essentially, because he's he's a tough, gritty defensive player, but he makes bonehead mistakes. Is this an Ime Udoka thing? Maybe not putting out the right lineup. Maybe not recognizing the lack of mental toughness as the fourth quarter is winding down and the Knicks are making their comeback. Or is it Brad Stevens because he has the wrong players on the team? Does he need to move player X? Does he need to trade player Y to bring in somebody else who is mentally tough? The Celtics have been an immense disappointment. Now, I did not sit here and say that they were going to win the NBA Finals. Do they have the potential to do so? Yes. They got two up-and-coming superstars. If you want to call Tatum a fringe superstar, like a top 15, top 20, sure. Okay. If you want to call Brown a top 25, top 30, star budding superstar, sure. You got Rob Williams, who's a great big man, young, great big man. Dennis Schroeder, who's a nice little scorer off the bench. Marcus Smart, who's plays terrific defense, excuse me. Grant Williams, who's been one of the best corner three-point shooters in the league. Scores zero points, by the way, last night. Al Horford comes back, supposed to be that wise, that tough, gritty veteran. the, The voice in the room. Where is this team going astray? Obviously, they don't have the sure talent and star power to compete with the Nets, who have Durant, Harden, Kyrie's now back, to a degree. And the Milwaukee Bucks, who have Middleton and Giannis. So, like, I understand that's an uphill battle, and that's just in the Eastern Conference. I haven't even looked at the West. But to be on the outside looking in, to be 4-6 and six in your last 10 games on a two-game losing streak, and you're 18 and 21 as we're about halfway into the regular season. I'm sorry, but I got to check out of the Celtics team. Like, I'm so done with this team. I never expected them to win the NBA Finals. I never expected them to be the best team in the league. But I do expect them to be competitive. I do expect them to not blow 25-point leads. I do expect them to give, to give us, the fans, 100% every time. Like, the Celtics themselves, the Celtics themselves check out, literally, in games. And if the Celtics are checking out, I'm going to be checking out too. Because I'm not going to be sitting and watching a product that's not giving me 100% of their effort. They are getting paid by the Boston Celtics organization to go out there and play 48 minutes a night, 82 times a year. Right, Without us, the fans, investing our time, our energy, our money into the Celtics, then the Celtics won't be where they are. And you can say that about every other team across any sport, really. If you're not going to give me 100%, I'm not going to give you 100%. And it pains me to say that because like I've mentioned before, I love basketball. I love playing it. I love talking about it. I love watching the Celtics. I love, you know, the competitive nature of it. I love the, you know, basketball is one of my favorite sports. Obviously, 
I own a card shop. I'm a host of a podcast. I talk basketball. I talk Celtics virtually every day. But until this team either proves to me that they're giving 100% energy night in and night out, or they go on a, a winning streak where they can at least get to 500, I'm done talking about this team. Do you remember the Celtics a few years ago where they had Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk? The team was giving you 110% every single night. And that team had its limitations. That team had its ceiling. Sure, were they ever going to win an NBA Finals? Probably not. But you know what? That team did a great job at keeping the fans interested, invested, the attention on them, because they gave you blood, sweat, and tears night in and night out, giving you a competitive product to watch, an exciting one to watch, and a team to really like. People loved Isaiah Thomas around here. People loved Avery Bradley. People were iffy, iffy on Jay Crowder. But he still gave you his heart and soul night in and night out. Where was that? Where is that? Why can't we get that today from that team? Some players, I think Marcus Smart and I think Jalen Brown was probably a rookie that time, are really the only ones that are still on that team. I need Marcus Smart, Brown, and Tatum to step up and to be vocal leaders. Al Horford as well. He's been around the block of, uh, you know, over a decade now. It's his second stint with the Celtics. This team needs to step the F up. I want that product from like four or five years ago. Even if they're not going to win an NBA Finals, then I'm seeing the product tonight. Or last night, I should say. I'd rather have that product from five years ago than the product I'm getting right now. And the product right now has potential to be better than that team back then. The team now has a stronger potential to make a deep playoff run than the team back then. The team now has more potential or a better chance to win the NBA Finals than the team back then ever did. But the team back then made it to the playoffs, were a, a decent seed in the Eastern Conference, made a deep playoff run, and we're on the fringe of making the NBA Finals with far less talent. So what has happened? Is it a coaching thing? Is it a locker room thing? Or is every other team around you just much better than you and you kind of just missed the wave? Which one is it? Because until the Celtics figure it out, I'm done. I am done. I love the Celtics, but I can't do it. Like I said, I would rather have the product from five years ago and not win an NBA championship than the product I'm watching today and have a slim chance of winning. And I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. However they feel about the Celtics now and the Celtics back then, I'm sure they feel the same exact way from an entertainment perspective, from an investment standpoint, and also from... You know, love of one of your favorite sports teams perspective. Because the product we're getting night in and night out from the 2021-2022 Boston Celtics is pathetic. Just straight up pathetic. And with that, I'm just going to end that topic very, very abruptly. Because we have a lot of football to discuss. And I don't want to keep wasting time talking about a team that is not giving me their time. So I'm going to take a quick sip of water. 
and let you guys digest. It wasn't even a five minute rant. It was like a 15 minute rant. So let me give you like a four seconds to digest that. All right, we are ready to rock and roll. I just needed a good sip of water and I'm ready to go. So Patriots, Dolphins, as I've alluded to, massive game. It really is. You know, now that I think of it, I think I should talk about the NFL before I talk about the Patriots so I can discuss, I can predict my, you know, my winners and losers from week 18. I can talk about the scenarios and then I think finishing on the Patriots, kind of circling back to them, I think would probably be the best way to go about it. So you get an idea for what the NFL scape is like, and then we can kind of bring it back home and see how the Patriots fall into that. I think that's actually a better idea. I think I'm going to do that actually. So apologize for the small confusion. So let's just dive into the Chiefs and Broncos, which is going to play tomorrow at 4.30 in Denver. Chiefs need to lose. Chiefs need to lose. Because if they lose, then the Patriots will have an opportunity to get the number one seed. Will the Broncos, you know, kind of pack it in this year and just kind of play for next year? Will they actually give 110% and kind of force the Chiefs to take an L? Maybe. We'll see. We will see. So I'm going to be picking the Chiefs to win. I do think they will win, but I am rooting for the Denver Broncos. Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles. Cowboys locked and loaded as the division winner. Eagles locked and loaded as a wild card team. I will be picking the Cowboys to win. I do believe they're the better team here. But this would be a nice little playoff tune-up for the Eagles because, I mean, who knows how things are going to fall because they could see each other in the playoffs. They might even see each other in the first round of the playoffs. Who knows? So I'm going to be picking the Cowboys here because I do believe they are the better team. But like Denver, I won't be surprised if Philadelphia wins. Washington visits the Giants. I could care less. I like Washington better, so I'm going to be picking them. Bengals visit the Browns. Bengals, very hot team right now. The Browns are in complete disarray. I will be picking the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. A nice playoff tune-up for them as they can play against a competitive opponent, right? A team that was in the playoff picture for a while. But since they've fallen off the face of the earth, I'm going to be picking the Cleveland Browns in this game. The Steelers visit the Ravens. Steelers, Big Ben, last game of his career. He's obviously going to want to go out on a high note. He's probably going to throw the ball 60 times that game, if we're being honest. Will the Ravens be able to stop him? Who knows? Ravens need to win to help their chances to get into the playoffs. Obviously, the Steelers are still in the playoffs themselves. So both teams need to get a win here. Obviously, they're going to need some help from the Colts losing, the Chargers losing as well. So there's a lot to have been a lot to be determined in that game in the NFC North. Obviously, the division's already captured by the Bengals, but obviously both teams play in the NFC North, so it impacts the division, right? That's going to be a really good game. It really is. Obviously, the Steelers have a lot to play for. Like I mentioned, Big Ben's potential last game. But if they make the playoffs, then they can keep going. So, this game's in Baltimore. Obviously, I want to sway Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's not been healthy recently. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in this game. I really do. I think they're going to have a lot of juice and energy to make sure that this isn't Ben Roethlisberger's last game. 
because if it is, then, you know, it would be an end of a great career for a great quarterback who put up a lot of statistics and had a lot of success. But I do believe they're going to want to beat up on the division rivals to make sure that that's not the case. And then vice versa for the Ravens. They want to end his career. They want to end it on their home field, make sure that they don't get into the playoffs. And they want to win so they can help ensure their spot into the playoffs. But I'm going to be picking the Steelers here in this one. Packers visit the Lions. Packers. Colts visit the Jaguars. So this is the other game that we need to look out for. We need the Jaguars. Patriot fans need the Jaguars to win against the Colts. And this is why. If the Colts lose and the Chiefs lose and the Bills lose while the Patriots win, you will be the number one seed. And I'll talk about that when I talk more about the playoff picture and all the scenarios and such. But since those are kind of the big four that we need to talk about, I figured I'd talk about it since I see it right here on my screen. Do I think the Jaguars will beat the Colts? I don't know. I don't think so. But fun fact, the Indianapolis Colts have not won a game in Jacksonville since 2014. Crazy, huh? So that one game, if people remember, that one game that the Jaguars won last year and they lose 15 straight games, that one game was against the Colts in Jacksonville. Because the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. So there is hope. This could be a big, you know, Trevor Lawrence day as well for the Jaguars to get him to throw the ball. His last real NFL action until next season. Colts, very hot team right now. They have a lot to play for as well. So do I see it likely happening? I don't really know. I don't think so. But I'm gonna I'm still gonna pick the Colts because, you know, obviously the Colts are the better team. They're actually fighting for something, and the and the Jaguars aren't. They're fighting more for draft positioning, so I don't know if they're going to want to ruin their chances by winning. So we'll see. I Like I said, I'm going to be picking the Colts. I do want the Jaguars to win. Bears visit the Vikings. That matchup does not matter as both teams are eliminated. I'm just going to pick the Vikings because they are the home team. Then again, I don't really care. Titans visit the Texans. Titans are slowly getting healthy again. A.J. Brown's back. Julio Jones has been in and out, but he's kind of trending back. Derrick Henry practiced for the first time on Wednesday. He won't be playing in this game, most likely. But come the playoffs, we will be seeing King Henry back. Texans, Titans, probably going to pick the Titans here because they are the better team. They are a sneaky one seed or a sneaky potential one seed. I, I still don't understand how. But, hey, they are 11-5 right now. If they win, they'll move to 12-5 and and still clinch that spot. It just still baffles me that they're the one seed or the potential one seed, all things considered with how their season went. Saints, Falcons. Saints are still in the playoff picture. The Falcons have been out for a while. Saints have gone through a carousel of quarterbacks but are still contending for the last wildcard spot in the NFC Conference. Saints need to win this game. I think they will just because they're coached very well. They still have some talent on that team, both offensively and defensively. We'll see how the offense looks, though, with a bunch of different moving pieces. Quarter, excuse me, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. It'll be a really interesting product to watch because this is going to have to be kind of a tune-up game for them as they enter the playoffs as well if they're fortunate enough to get in. Seahawks visit the Cardinals. 
big game for the Cardinals here as they have been slipping lately. They are currently the five seed, a game behind the Rams for the division lead in the NFC. Honestly, I'm going to be picking the Cardinals to win. But just because the Cardinals win, I still think the Rams are still going to win that division. Cardinals were super hot to start the season. They've really cooled off. So even come the playoffs, although they're locked and loaded, I could see them getting ousted in the first round, regardless who they face. But we'll save that conversation for Monday. Jets visit the Bills. Obviously, this is the fifth game that we need to watch as Patriots fans. We need the Jets to win in Buffalo to help the Patriots lock up the AFC East title at the very least. Do I think that they can do it? I think so. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I think the Jets can beat the Bills because they're coached well by Bob Sala. They've been playing relatively hard these past few weeks, although they're abysmal in terms of talent-wise, their record. But Zach Wilson's been looking fairly decent the past couple weeks. That defense is playing hard, and they almost beat the Bucks last week. So it's like that team has some potential to be decent next year. But as we look at it right now, I think that this team could give the Bills a little bit of tough mudding because I'm expecting the Bills to, oh, let's just wake up, you know, it's a home game, let's just go out there and, you know, we're playing the Jets, who cares, let's just beat them and let's just, you know, let's get ready for next week, the wild card round. But the Jets, I'm strongly going to believe that they're going to come in there, let's F up their season we have a chance to derail the Bills and get them into the wild card spot instead of the division. We don't want them to clinch the division against us. We almost beat the Super Bowl champions last week. Let's go prove that we actually have some potential so come next year, we're not a laughing stock. Obviously, it's going, it's going to depend if they're able to go out there and execute and beat the Bills, but I'm honestly expecting the Bills to come out there slow, sluggish, kind of rolling over. And the Jets to go out there and actually put on a good, decent, I should say decent, I'm not going to say good, a decent performance against the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to be picking the Jets to win. That is the first time I think I've said that all year. I'm actually picking the Jets to win. I don't think they'll win. I think Buffalo will win. But I'm picking the Bills to win. Panthers visit the Buccaneers. I'm just going to go Buccaneers. Brady, get a nice little tune-up game. Probably be done with it. Patriots, Dolphins in Miami. I will talk more about this game a little bit later, but I'm going to be picking the Patriots to win because this is the fifth and final game that the Patriots fans need to watch. Obviously, their own home team, right? <laughs> I'll talk more about that, the ins and outs of that, a little bit later on. 49ers visit the Los Angeles Rams for Sunday. Rams are fighting for a playoff spot themselves. They are in the hunt right now. If the season was to end today, they are in. But they could still get ousted. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Interesting. 49ers, if they win, they're in. Obviously, the Saints need the 49ers to lose along with the Saints themselves winning. But going against the Rams, they're probably going to want to play their ass off to be like, nah, you ain't getting in, pal. No, no, you're not getting in. No. 
We're not going to let you, you know, clinch a playoff spot in our own stadium. No. I, I'm going to pick the Rams to win. I'm really going to pick the Rams to win. They are the better team. Can the 49ers go out there, play good football, and actually win themselves? Of course they can. Absolutely. But, you know, obviously, you know, I'm here picking winners and losers. I'm going to be picking the Rams to win. The last game of the 2021 NFL regular season is between the Chargers and the Raiders Sunday at 8.20 kickoff. Now, there's a really cool scenario that I read between the Chargers and the Raiders, and I believe... Oh, yeah, that, that revolves around the Jaguars-Colts game. So get this. Get this. Well, hold on. I want to just make sure. Yeah, get this. The Jaguars beat the Colts. Then, if, that's a, that's a giant if, right? If the Jaguars beat the Colts, the Chargers and Raiders. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me make this more dramatic. If the Colts were to win, all right, so I'm, I'm really backtracking here. I'm sorry. I want to make this really dramatic. If the Colts beat the Jaguars, the Colts are in the playoffs, then that Chargers-Raiders game will determine the last and final spot in the AFC wildcard picture. If the Colts win and then the Chargers beat the Raiders, the Chargers are in. If the Colts beat the Jaguars and the Raiders beat the Chargers, then the Raiders are in. Here's the kicker. If the Jaguars beat the Colts, the Colts will be virtually out. But if the Jaguars beat the Colts, then the Chargers and Raiders can mutually agree to not play this game. And if they do that, the game would virtually end in a tie where both teams would get locked into the playoffs. Let me repeat that. If the Jaguars beat the Colts, then the Chargers and Raiders could decide to mutually not play their game, allowing both teams to get into the playoffs. Now, if they were to not do that, the winner of that game would get into the playoffs. And then I don't know how the rest will fall. You know, depending on what the Steelers and the Ravens do, you'd have to look at tiebreakers between the loser of the Chargers-Raiders game, the Colts, and then the winner of the Steelers-Ravens game. You'd have to look at all the tiebreakers and just kind of go from there. But how cool would that be? I'm rooting for that situation. That's why I want the Jaguars to win so bad. Because if the Jaguars beat the Colts, then the Chargers and Raiders could be like, nah, we're not going to play today. No, we're not going to play today. Let us both get into the playoffs. We'll just lock arms and just kind of skip on into the playoffs together. That would be something, right? Now, obviously, that's a big if because the Jaguars need to beat the Colts, and that's going to be a really difficult battle to just even accomplish because the Jaguars are such ass. So along with the Patriots needing the Colts to lose, I want the Colts to lose just so I can see the Raiders and the Chargers be like, man, we're not going to play. We'll just both get in. Because like I said, if the Jaguars do beat the Colts, then the winner of the Chargers-Raiders game will move on to the playoffs. But then the loser of that game will have to get sorted out among tiebreakers between the Colts and the winner against the winner of the Ravens-Steelers game. That doesn't sound fun. But what does sound fun is just those two teams. All right, here's Sunday Night Football. What are they going to do? And the ref just goes, 
The game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders has been mutually agreed upon by the two teams to end in a tie. Tonight's game will no longer happen. This game results in a tie. Thank you. On the lines like that, I don't know how that announcement would actually would go. Obviously, we're going to lose a night of Sunday Night Football, but who cares? That would be so cool. That would be like, that would shatter the internet. I don't want to say shatter, but that would really make some wavelengths in, you know, the media. So, that's the big thing I'm looking forward to. All right. So, that was just one scenario I wanted to talk about. I have a ton of scenarios that we need to talk about. So, this is the current playoff picture. If the season was to end right now, Let's start with the NFC. The Packers will get a first round bye. The Eagles would the seven seeded Eagles would play the two seeded Rams in Los Angeles. The six seeded 49ers would play the three seeded Buccaneers in Tampa. And the five seeded Cardinals would play the four seeded Cowboys in Dallas. AFC. The Tennessee Titans would get the first round bye. The seven seeded Chargers would play the two seeded Chiefs in Kansas City. The six-seeded Colts would play the three-seeded Bengals in Cincinnati. And the five-seeded Patriots would play the four-seeded Bills in Buffalo. That is the current playoff picture, the current landscape of the NFL playoffs. Here are the Week 18 playoff clinching and seeding scenarios. So for that last spot in the NFC, the Saints clinch with the win against, who are they playing against? Oh, Atlanta, right. The Saints would clinch a spot with a win in against Atlanta and a 49ers loss. The 49ers would clinch that same spot with a win or a Saints loss. So a lot riding on the Saints, a lot riding on the 49ers. Easier path for the 49ers. But hey, that spot is still available. This is the race for the NFC West title that I alluded to because it's still up for grabs. The Cardinals could clinch the NFC West with win and a Rams loss. The Rams will clinch the NFC West title with a win or a Cardinals loss. So right now it favors the Rams, but hey, it's the last week of you know the NFL regular season, any given Sunday. Here we go. Race for AFC playoff berth. This, this is nuts. This is really nuts. Ravens can clinch with a win and Colts loss and Chargers loss and Dolphins loss. So the Patriots need to beat the Dolphins. The Raiders need to beat the Chargers. The Jaguars need to beat the Colts. And the Baltimore Ravens need to win. The Colts clinch a wildcard berth with a win or Steelers loss to Baltimore and a Chargers loss to Las Vegas and a Dolphins win against the Patriots. Okay. Okay. So a couple different avenues right there for the Colts. The Raiders can clinch with a win or a tie against the the Chargers and a Colts loss against the Jaguars or a Colts loss and a Steelers loss. So come that Sunday night game, the Raiders may already be in the, the playoffs. They could already be in. 
So that kind of makes that tie situation a little bit funnier because, like, the Chargers could be like, oh, can we please just end this in a tie just so we can get in, please. But being divisional rivals, I don't know. I don't know. Because if that game comes around, the Raiders are already in, they're probably going to sit their starters, I'm assuming, or they might have them play like a half just to get them tuned up a little bit. Who knows? But the Chargers can clinch a playoff spot with a win against the Raiders or a tie. Kind of what I alluded to. The Steelers can clinch a playoff spot with a win and a Colts loss and a Chargers-Raiders doesn't end in a tie. So, like I said, the Steelers can clinch a playoff spot if they win, the Colts lose, and any result that isn't a Chargers-Raiders tie. So, if the Chargers win, they'll be in. If the Raiders be in, oh, if the Raiders lose, they'll be in. Wait, what? No, if the Chargers win or lose, they'll be in. If the Raiders win or lose, they'll be in. So, as long as that game doesn't end in a tie, the Steelers will get in as long as the Colts lose and them themselves, the Steelers win. All right. Hopefully you're staying with me so far. This is a really lot to digest. The race for the number one seed and a first round bye. The Titans can clinch with a win. Or a Chiefs loss and a Bengals loss. And the Patriots lose. Or the Chiefs lose, the Bengals lose, and the Bills win. Okay, oh, that's kind of virtually the same thing, right? I mean, the Oh, I guess the Patriots could lose, the Bengals win, the Chiefs. Okay, whatever. But it's, it's, it's virtually the same thing, right? You just need the Bills to win or the Patriots to lose, which... Oh, wait, no, there's two different games. Oh, duh, there's two... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am ridiculous. I am ridiculous. Oh, my God. I'm thinking that they're playing against each other, the Bills and the Patriots. Oh, my God. Wow, duh. Okay, so let me just recap that for my stupidity. Sorry for my stupidity. Let me. The Titans can clinch the number one seed with a win, or a Chiefs loss, and Bengals loss, and Patriots loss, or Chiefs loss, Bengals loss, and Bills win. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. The Chiefs can clinch the number one seed with a win, and the Titans lose. The Bengals, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals can clinch the number one seed in the AFC with a win. And a Titans loss, a Chiefs loss, and a Patriots loss. Or they win, the Titans lose, the Chiefs lose, and the Bills win. Because they're not playing the Patriots. That makes more sense. The Patriots can clinch the AFC number one seed with a win, a Bills loss, a Titans loss, and a Chiefs loss. So that Jaguars-Colts game doesn't really matter. I just wanted a game to be watched just because that could actually really matter for the other scape of it, for the, the rest of the AFC. So that's kind of why I left it in there, the game for us to watch, right? The race for the AFC East title. The Bills can clinch with a win or a Patriots loss. The Patriots can clinch the AFC East title with a win and a Bills loss. So... There's so many games to watch this weekend. And yes, I did not say the Bills have a chance to clinch the AFC, uh, the AFC number one seed, because they do not have that chance. 
their tie-breaking record among other AFC teams sucks. So they could walk away with the two, three, four, five. I don't know if they can go any lower than the five because of how their actual record is among the other teams that could potentially get in. But come Monday, we will have our entire NFL playoff picture all sorted out. We will be diving into it. Obviously, we're going to react to Week 18. We're going to dive into the playoffs moving forward about this matchup between the 2 and the 7, this matchup between the 5 and the 6, all of that. We will discuss on Friday, uh, Monday and Friday next week. But we cannot jump ahead because we have ourselves a big game here in New England between the Patriots and the Dolphins. Yes, let's talk about this game. So this is a big win, uh, big game that they need to win. The Patriots need to win this game. Obviously, give them uh, give themselves a chance to clinch the division. Obviously, give themselves a chance to get the number one seed in the AFC. But they play at 425. The Chiefs play tomorrow on Saturday. So that if the Chiefs win, then the Patriots, the Patriots' potential for the number one seed may be gone by the time their game comes around. The uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? The the Titans they play at one o'clock. They're the Patriots' opportunity to be the number one seed could be gone by the time they kick off as well. Because say the Chiefs do lose, but the Titans win, then forget about it. The Bills and the Jets play at 425 as well as you do. So you're obviously focusing on the Dolphins in the game at the at hand, but you're probably going to be scoreboard checking as well. But the number one seed will not matter to the New England Patriots unless the Broncos are able to beat the Chiefs tomorrow. So that is the first game that the New England Patriot fan base needs to watch is that game tomorrow at 430. Beating the Miami Dolphins in Miami has always been a struggle for the Patriots for a long time. It just has been. For some reason, it's been a struggle. But things are different. The team is different. Can they go down there and win? Sure. Now, we haven't seen the Miami Dolphins since week one of the regular season uh, opening day when the Patriots were, were losing and Damian Harris fumbled the ball inside the red zone. A lot has changed since then. Both teams have, are completely shaped different. Patriots started out 2-4. and four. The Dolphins started out 1-7. and seven. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. The Patriots are 10-6. and six. So both teams are good. Both teams, one's a playoff team, one was a playoff contending team. The Dolphins will not roll over in this game. That's just a fact. They're not going to bow down and let the Patriots win this game. Because it's, a regular, it's the last game. We don't have a shot at the playoffs. Ah, who cares? Because if, even if the Chiefs lose, the Titans lose, and the Bills lose, the Dolphins can still control the AFC East outcome and the AFC outcome by beating the Patriots. Because the Patriots need to win, and everything else that I just mentioned needs to happen as well for them to win the East and to get the number one seed. The Dolphins aren't going to let them do that. No way they're going to let them do that. They got a nice, good, young team, coached very well, with a lot of young talent, Tua, Waddle, Miles Gashkins, Devontae Parker, who is, you know, a veteran at this point, but he's still a good leader in that locker room. They got some great corners, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard. This is going to be a good game. This is really going to be a good game. This is going to be a good test for the New England Patriots. 
The game against the Jaguars last week when they put up 50 on them was a nice team-boosting win. But now, this is going to be their playoff tune-up. They need to play against the Miami Dolphins in this game as if it was a playoff game. Because, hey, it easily could have been a playoff game. Dolphins were that good the second half of the season. It could have been a playoff game. But you need to go in there with a playoff mentality that, hey, we need to win or we're out. Now, obviously, even if you lose, you're still a playoff team. But if you lose, you'll lose the chance at the AFC East Division. You'll lose a chance at the, well, depending on how other events happen beforehand, the number one seed in the AFC. You have to go out there slinging. You have to go out there running the ball, blocking, tackling, your head on straight, laser focus. You have to be ready to go and win at all costs in this game. You absolutely have to. Because the next time we see the Patriots after this game, regardless how this game happens, will be the playoffs. And a lot of players on this team have not seen the playoffs. A lot of players on this team are young. They're new. This entire team is fairly new. The core, the chemistry, the charisma, the personality, the characteristics of this team are all new compared to last year. How are we going to see them react in the playoffs? How are we going to see their mentality and their focus in the playoffs and their mindset? The coaching staff's the same, but the players are different. Coaching staff can only do so much. It's the players that go out there and execute. So that's why I want them to take this game so seriously, like it's a playoff game. So, you know, knock on wood, if they do lose this game, they'll kind of know what they did right, what they did wrong, so they can kind of help better prepare themselves for an actual playoff game, regardless who they're facing in the first round. So three things that I'm looking forward to in this game. Three key things that I'm looking at in this game. Number one, laser focus playoff mentality you need to have your head on straight you need to be locked into the game no distractions go out there do your job execute plays and win the game now winning the game isn't a key but you have to take this game as serious as if it was a playoff game like i've already mentioned that's number one number two we need to see mac we need to see more mac jones being able to sling the ball this defense is significantly better than jacksonville I think we can all agree on that, right? Shake your head if you can agree on that. All right, cool. We need to see Mac Jones be able to complete passes against Xavier Howard, to complete passes against Byron Jones, because that secondary and that defense as a whole is significantly better. And yes, Mac Jones looked fantastic on Sunday last week, but it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, whose defense blows. So how will Mac Jones look against a competent defense, a playoff contending defense, or they work playoff contending defense? Because the Miami defense may be a better defense than a team that you may face in the first round, depending on how things shape up. Or they may be equal playing field. So if you're able to execute and have success against the Miami defense, that'll give you something good to roll over into the wild card round, into whoever your opponent is there. That will give you some, some good chemistry. That will give you some good you know, optimism and hope that you'll be able to execute because when it comes time for the playoffs, there's no more bad teams. That's just a fact. Now, obviously, teams can squeak in at 9-8 you know, and eight or whatever it may be. But generally speaking, teams in the playoffs are not scrubs. You're not going to see the Jaguars in that pathetic defense in the playoffs. 
you're going to see top five, top 10 defenses, top five, top 10 offenses. That's just how it is. So we need to see Mac Jones go out there, execute, and look good against the Dolphins' defense. Now, I'm not saying he has to throw 300 yards and five touchdowns. He could still throw 200 or 250 yards with two touchdowns with a high completion percentage, no turnovers, and still look good that way. So there's a couple different avenues where Mac Jones can look good. And number three, the run game. Right? Run game number three? No, you know what? No, scratch that. I think the run game will be okay. The defense. I want the defense to step up. Contain Tua from rolling out. Contain his weapons. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker. Because like the defense, that offense was a playoff contending offense. And they had potential to be good. And they are good. And they will be good next year. The defense looked great against Jacksonville last week. But again, that's the Jaguars. And they suck. Last time we saw them out there against a good team, it was against the Bills, and they did not look good. They did not look good against the Colts either the week before. They need to go out there and look good against a good team. Although the Dolphins aren't in the playoffs, they're still a good team, and that's a clear fact. They ripped off seven in a row. They started 1-7. and seven, They're now 8-8. Eight and eight. They're a good team. So the defense needs to go out there and execute because, like I said, this team, this Dolphins team, whether offensively or defensively, may or may not be better than a team you face next week. But if you're able to execute and look good against this Dolphins team, then that will give you something positive to look forward to as you roll into the wild card round. But we cannot look ahead at the wild card round until Sunday is over, until the seeding and the bracketing are all set in stone into place after Sunday night's game. But listen, we talked about a bunch of stuff today. We talked about the Celtics. Crickets. Crickets. We talked about predicting NFL scores for Week 18. We talked about the playoff picture as it sits, the potential playoff scenarios we could see after Sunday, and obviously we broke down the Patriots and Dolphins game on Sunday as well. Before I wrap up this episode, I do want to mention one thing. Everybody know March Madness and, and the brackets that you fill out for March Madness where you get, you know, you know all 64 teams and you pick teams. You know, one plays 16, two plays 15, and you, and you work your way up until you get to the championship game and you pick a winner. So I'm doing that same exact thing here at the shop but for the NFL playoffs. So obviously the number one seed in both conferences will get a bye. The two will play seven, three, six, four will play five. I made an Instagram post about it. All the rules are on there. All the information is on there as well. You can follow me at Merv's Cartown on Instagram and on Facebook as well. So what I'm doing here at the shop is a March Madness-like bracket, but for the NFL. You will pick teams in the respective bracket and eventually pick a Super Bowl winner, right? Now, whoever has a perfect bracket will win. But that first game that you lose where you did not pick the correct winner, your entire bracket is toast. Same exact rules as March Madness. Once you lose that first game, you're done. There's no, there's no point system. It has to be a perfect bracket. Now, each bracket here at the shop can be filled out, and it only costs 5 bucks a bracket. If you want to fill out 10 different brackets and pay $50, pay by all means, go ahead. But the winner... At the end of this playoff bracket challenge tournament, 
will get 50% of the pot. So say 20 people fill out a bracket and pay $5. Let's do the math here. That's 100, right? 5 times 20 is 100. Then that one winner who had the perfect bracket at the end of the Super Bowl will win $50, which is 50% of the pot. The other half of the pot will get donated. So it's a win-win either way. Now, if multiple people have a perfect bracket, then the 50% of the winnings going to said winner will get split up evenly among the winners. So for example, say two people have a perfect bracket. So that 50%, that $50, will get split up evenly among the winners. So it's still a win-win across the board. You're still going to be winning money either way if you have a perfect bracket. Now, brackets can only be filled out here at Murph's Cartown Sports Shop and paid for here at the shop. So definitely come on in next week to fill out your brackets. Brackets will be available on Monday. I'll remind you about this on Monday's episode, episode, no, episode number 120. But I can't have the brackets out now because we don't know what the playoffs are going to look like. So there's no point in filling out a bracket because as game number one of the wildcard weekend rolls around, your bracket could already be wrong. So after Sunday night's game between the Raiders and the Chargers, I will have brackets ready to rock and roll for Monday. Like I mentioned, brackets can be filled out here at the shop and paid for. There's no limit to how many brackets you have. If you want to pay $5 and have every single bracket filled out differently, by all means, go ahead. But if you fill out two brackets that look exactly the same, you're still the one winner, right? Make sense? Cool. So bracket, the bracket challenge will start on Monday. You have up until kickoff to fill out a bracket for yours to be eligible for the tournament. And I am beyond excited for this. This is going to be really fun. This is going to be a little step towards March Madness because I want to do a March Madness bracket here at the shop. And I'm super, super excited for that. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode number 119 thank you so much for downloading listening and enjoying on audio only platforms and if you're listening to this on youtube thank you so much for clicking and watching today's episode i greatly appreciate it and if you are on youtube please make sure you smash the like button comment any thoughts questions comments concerns down in the comment section below and please subscribe to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing again to audio only listeners thank you so much for downloading listening and enjoying you can reach out to me on social media at Murph's Cartown. I really hope you have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy all the games, all the madness that we have for week 18 across the NFL because it is going to be a doozy. And if you do live in New England and you got absolutely blasted by the snowstorm, please be safe out there. Go out there, shovel every couple of hours because the snow is still falling as I'm recording right now here at 11.45 in the morning. So the snow is still falling. Go out there, shovel throw some sand down, stay warm. The shop is open regular hours today between 12 and 8, so come on down, rip some packs, stay toasty, and I could be giving away some gifts and some surprises for those who are able to make the trek out here to the shop. But like I said, thank you so much for joining me. I will catch you in the next one, but between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.